from the team at CTS. This is the TrainRate Podcast, our show for endurance athletes who want to learn how to train more effectively and improve their performance. I'm Coach Corinne Malcolm, your host for the running edition of the show, where it's my job to interview top coaches, scientists, experts, and athletes in the world of running to bring you actionable training tips you can apply to your training. Make sure you also listen in to our cycling edition of the show with my co-host, Coach Adam Pulford, which alternates weekly with the running episodes. Now, let's dive into the show and learn how you can train right. Where are you currently going to purchase all your sports nutrition needs? If you didn't immediately yell, the feed, you're missing out. The feed is the largest online marketplace for sports nutrition, offering brands you know and love, from Goo to Scratch Labs to Morton. They have you covered. Plus, they have athlete customizable supplements called Feed Formulas. I just got my subscription in the mail last week, and I'm super impressed. Feed Formulas are personalized for you and were developed in part with EF Pro Cycling Team doctor, Dr. Kevin Sprouse. Your subscription comes with 28 daily pouches, no more individual pill bottles falling out of your bathroom vanity, making a mess. The Athlete Daily Formula gives you strong nutritional coverage for anything that might be slipping through the cracks with your day-to-day nutrition. To get 50% off your first order, head over to thefeed.com slash trainwrite in order today. Again, that's thefeed.com slash trainwrite. All right, all right. I am your host, Coach Corinne Malcolm, and I'm going to continue on this kind of accidental mini-series we have rolling over the last couple weeks. And today I'm going to tackle a topic that's near and dear to many of our hearts, that being sleep. The thing that maybe if you're like me, you would love a little bit more of, or maybe you're trying to weigh the pros and cons of getting a little bit less of it so that you can sneak one or two more new things into your day. A couple of weeks ago, I alluded to sleep when we talked about international travel and traveling to big races abroad. And then we kind of touched on it again a little bit when we were discussing the immune system function. So why is sleep always the common denominator again and again when it comes to performance, when it comes to recovery, when it comes to to getting to and from where we need to be. Well, there's a lot of science that we now have behind sleep, and that's kind of what we're going to get into today. So I'm going to wager that 99% of you listening are not full-time athletes, which means you juggle. You juggle careers, family, social lives, your athletic goals, And again, if you're like me, that means you're often left looking for a few extra hours in your day. And often the easiest place to get them is by cutting a little bit of sleep here or a little bit of sleep there because you have to stay up late to respond to some more emails or you're getting up extra early to sneak in that slightly longer run before your workday starts, before you have to bring your kids to school. It's the quote unquote, I'm using air quotes here, it's the easy sacrifice But sleep is important, not only for maintaining your cognitive function, but also your physical function, your metabolic processes. And it has a great impact, a great psychological impact on your mood. Actually, prominent researchers in the area of sleep science suggest that adults require a good seven hours of sleep a night to maintain healthy cognitive function. And that doesn't even really account for the athletic adult, the athletic individual, someone who has extra demands put on their day. 
So all, you know, we're going to dive into it now. You know, what, what's going on when we sleep? Why is it so important, both for your general health and then specifically for athletes? And then we'll talk a little bit about suggestions for, you know, how to make sure you're, you're really capitalizing on sleep. Cause I think it's the, uh, if you're going to be a biohacker, sleep's the real biohack. So while sleep might feel like powering down, right? You're, you're ending everything for the day. There's actually a lot going on when you're asleep. It's this time of regulating important functions, including regulating cortisol, testosterone, human growth hormone, glucose metabolism, and is incredibly beneficial to brain health. And that's kind of some newer science in the past decade that I personally think is like extra, extra fascinating. And if we're going to fear monger you into sleeping more, it's probably going to be for the brain health thing. So we'll get to that at the very end. So broadly, you know, kind of going back to basics, going back to my freshman biology class that you all have agreed to join suddenly, there are two main types of sleep. The first one is called non-rapid eye movement sleep or NREM sleep. And that sleep is generally then further divided into four main stages of sleep. You've probably heard of them, you know, stage one, stage two, et cetera. And it's critical for physical recovery. And then there's the sleep that you've probably heard a lot more about, which is rapid eye movement sleep or REM sleep. And this is where dreams take place, or at least where dreams often take place. So let's talk a little bit more about what are the four stages of NREM sleep. And if you're using something like an Oura Ring or a Whoop Band or any sort of um, wearable device that's using to track sleep, some of them are getting a little bit better at not only telling the difference between NREM and REM sleep, but also between some of the sleep stages. It's not perfect, but it is getting a little bit better. So stage one is light sleep. It's short-lived and it generally only persists for one to seven minutes. From there, you're going to move into stage two sleep and it's still fairly light sleep, but it lasts a little bit longer. You're getting a little bit deeper and that's about 10 to 20 minutes. Stages three and four, we kind of group together. It's really actually hard to tell these stages apart um, if you're using a wearable for this and they're both considered deep sleep. So you've moved from light sleep down into deep sleep. It's kind of like you're sinking into it. And this is often referred to as slow wave sleep. And during this time, it's, you know, all your normal functions kind of slow down as well. You're gonna have a decrease in blood pressure, breathing rate, and heart rate begins to slow. So really it's this, this easing in, and this generally lasts for 20 to 40 minutes. But there is a major difference between stages three and four, and that is when it comes to human growth hormone. So stage three is responsible for when you release peak amounts of human growth hormone. And this is crucial. It's critical for growth and recovery. And we'll touch on that portion again a little bit later on, kind of reiterate its importance. So those are your four stages of NREM. And after that, you generally enter a cycle of 30 to 40 minutes of REM sleep. During this time, during REM sleep, that rapid eye movement sleep, your brain's a little bit more active. Your heart rate, breathing rate, blood pressure, body temperature all rise. And again, this is where you dream. Throughout the night, as you go through these cycles, um, your REM cycle is actually lengthening. So every time you go into REM, it's generally a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And the longest one generally happens during the early morning hours which might be why you remember those dreams the most, because once again, this is the streaming stage and it's kind of going to lead into you waking up. Most nights, your sleep is going to be about 75 to 80% NREM and about 20 to 25% REM. This can change a little bit though when you're physically exhausted or you're mentally exhausted or 
when you're a little bit sleep deprived. It can actually shift one way or the other and you can have some dysregulation there. You can actually lose REM sleep um, when with, with sleep deprivation, which is super interesting and maybe a little tangential. But essentially, NREM sleep stages, um, later stages are when most of your physical recovery and rejuvenation take place. Whereas REM sleep is where your brain's cognitive and mental capacity recovery occurs. And this explains why when you're physically tired, you don't dream much, right? You're going to have much shorter REM cycles and much longer NREM cycles. And then when you're mentally fatigued, you oftentimes dream more and you're going to have shorter NREM and longer REM cycles. And I'm sure some of you have experienced that in, in times of high mental exhaustion and mental stress and then hot times of high physical exhaustion and physical stress. Um, I know like school, being in a class does that to me for sure. Um, something that we've talked about a little bit, particularly with travel and a little bit with the immune system is the circadian rhythm. Again, your circadian rhythm is your 24-hour internal clock. And this is kind of you cite, this is how you cycle between sleepiness and alertness. And it's all controlled by your hypothalamus, which is the brain's regulator. And it's a very natural rhythm and it's determined both by your genetics. So, you know, everyone's cycle can be a little bit different. And it's also determined by the environment. And these internal rhythms, again, are acutely responsive and controlled by things like photic cues or environmental light changes, right? It gets dark early, gets light early, et cetera. When you time, when you tra travel different time zones, getting out in the sun first thing helps your circadian rhythm start to shift. Um, gastrointestinal signaling is a big part of this. Um, that's in and around eating and eating at the right times. And then temperature changes are another big component of that. And so when your circadian rhythm is off, sleep is going to be impacted. But again, your circadian rhythm is tied to all those things that are, um, all of the like things like cortisol that we're about to talk a little bit more about where kind of how and why they're regulated and how and why and when they happen. So let's talk a little bit about sleep deprivation and, and kind of the big health impacts of, of sleep deprivation. So even one night of altered sleep, which is as little as just two or two and a half hours less than normal, you know, that was me just a couple nights ago even, um, can cause significant deficits in how your brain and body function. And I think we've all probably experienced that after a night of poor sleep. And this also causes your immune system um, to, decre to decrease both um, the natural killer cell activity and your um, cytokine, um, particularly cytokine interleukin-6 or IL-6. Um, it, it decreases kind of the amounts that are circulating, which impairs your immune system. And again, those natural killer cells are a type of white blood cell that help fight viral infections. And IL-6 or interleukin-6 is produced by your immune system and helps to fight inflammation and infection. This is why sleep and being sleep deprived or sleep impaired can actually directly impact your immune system. The other big thing that a little bit of altered sleep, again, travel and your circadian rhythm can fall into this, it's the impacts that it has on your cortisol levels. And when we think of cortisol, we think of the stress hormone, but cortisol is involved in a whole lot more than that. It's um, cortisol and specifically the cycling amount of cortisol is critical for a multitude of physiological functions, including bone strength, structure, and function. Um, and also the nervous system and immune system function. It also is responsible for the breakdown of macronutrients like fats, carbohydrates, and protein. So again, it affects all these processes. It affects you structurally. It affects you metabolically. It affects your nervous system. 
So really, really important. So when your cortisol levels are too high, that can create a really big problem for you, including blocking serotonin receptors, which in turn downregulates melatonin secretion, which further impairs sleep. Um, with impaired sleep, you're going to prevent human growth hormone release. And once again, you know, there's kind of just like this cascading effect happening, including, you know, the further inhib, like it further inhibits adequate glycogen stores being replenished, um, which over time compromises your energy supply and will inhibit muscle repair and recovery. So expanding a little bit more, we know, you know, not only is it affecting you structurally, you metabolically, you or your nervous system, it also impairs your cognitive function, right? We, we felt that we felt that impairment in our ability to use our brains well. And one of the interesting things I alluded to this earlier of how your brain function or your brain health is impacted is specifically kind of this new, um, this new idea. We know that the brain is critical in both the consolidation and processing of memories and new information coming in and, and how we're learning. But there's also evidence in recent years that sleep has this ability to help clean the brain, which actually helps prevent against degenerative nervous system um, and brain diseases, including dementia, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's. It's known as your glymphatic system. This, this is the thing that is now protective during sleep. And it's this interface between your nervous system cells or glial cells and your lymphatic system. And essentially when you sleep, it picks up the waste and flushes it away. So there are a lot of broad health implications. And then there are very specific sports implications that we're going to dive into next. But I would, I would, you know, say that there's a lot of weight in those broad health implications. So one of the biggest sellers I can make to any athlete when I'm pitching sleep is that if you focus on getting more sleep and higher quality sleep, you have less injuries. That's right. Sleep equals injury prevention. Once again, when I mentioned biohacking, this is what I'm talking about. This is going to keep you healthy. We know actually that when you chronically get less than eight hours of sleep a night, that is one of the strongest indicators, strongest predictors of getting injuries. And the numbers are kind of astounding. Um, in, in the research literature, athletes that slept less than eight hours per night were 1.7 times more likely to get injured. Um, and this was in comparison to athletes who got more than eight hours of sleep per night. So just by getting an extra hour of sleep, huge benefits for injury prevention. And while some of this is likely linked to decreased uh, motor function, i.e. when you're sleep deprived, you're a little less coordinated, your timing's off, you know, there's all those types of things. The big thing here is that actually sleep is important again, because poor sleep is going to blunt bone and tissue repair. And remember when we, this kind of is twofold. I remember when we referenced glucose replenishment earlier, and we're talking about, you know, that being important for tissue repair. We're also talking about that, um, that specific NREM stage, stage three asleep. And we know that 95% of your daily human growth hormone is produced during and released during that stage of sleep. So glycogen synthesis, glycogen replenishment, tissue, you know, tissue healing, uh, bone, bone building, all those types of things that's happening during sleep. So, okay. The big sport implications here are predominantly going to be on muscle repair, muscle recovery, bone health, but broader health implications go back to brain health, metabolic health, 
Um, it's going to disturb insulin, et cetera. So lots of good reasons to maybe prioritize getting that extra hour of sleep over cutting that hour of sleep out to try to get one more thing into your day. So how do you know if you're getting enough sleep? Um, there are pretty good indicators of not getting enough sleep during the day, and that's going to be things like feeling drowsy during the day, particularly in the early afternoon. Um, if you fall asleep in as little as two to three minutes, that's called latency, or there's real, a lack of latency there. Um, that's not a great sign. That that means that you're a little too tired if you're falling asleep that quickly. If you need micro sleep or incredibly brief naps, like those one-minute trail naps that Courtney DeWalter is famous for during super ultra endurance events, um, that's that's a micro sleep need. And in your normal life, that's that's not a good thing. If you're more irritable than normal. Well, it could be hanger. It's also it's also oftentimes sleep. If you take longer to learn new information and tasks than normal, and if you're getting sick frequently, those are all indicators that maybe you need to take a look at how much sleep you're getting and the quality of said sleep. So how can we maximize sleep if you're worried that, you know, that's the next step? I need to get that extra hour. Things that you can do that work that are pretty easy hacks are to simply spend more time in bed. Studies have shown that increasing an athlete's time in bed to nine hours virtually guarantees they get an average of eight hours of sleep per night. It's a hack that I use. It's just getting to bed earlier, right? Getting even getting into bed even a half an hour earlier guarantees that I'm probably going to get 15 more minutes of sleep than I would have otherwise. You can also add a nap. When athletes don't spend nine hours in bed overnight but are able to add a one-hour nap in the afternoon, that average is closer to that eight hours of sleep per night and generally can be protective. We call that anchor sleep overnight. And you add that all together, that can be really, really protective for an athlete. Um, try to eliminate panic and stress around your inability to fall asleep. That's probably easier said than done. Kind of a big one for people is uh, trying to avoid alcohol within two or three hours of bedtime. We obviously know to avoid caffeine in that window, but also avoiding alcohol even though alcohol might help you fall asleep, it can actually disrupt your sleep rhythm, causing you to wake up earlier or more frequently throughout the night. And this is because alcohol is a diuretic and it makes you more likely to need to use the bathroom. Alcohol has also been known to suppress REM sleep, that, that rapid eye movement sleep, which is oftentimes when you which is oftentimes why when you wake up after drinking, you feel cognitively groggy, right? Because you didn't get that REM sleep, the the mental the mental healing portion of sleep that we need. Um, you know, akin to what we mentioned earlier about circadian rhythm and things that impact it. You want to avoid eating a large meal right, you know, really close to bedtime. You want to space that out a little bit because that's going to signal all the important things, right? The timing of meals and insulin response to food has a large impact on your circadian rhythm. So it's going to signal wakefulness, um, particularly higher protein meals, which is undesirable for sleeping. Um, you want to minimize exposure to light, including blue light from electronics, right? Put that phone away, put that computer screen away. And if you can't, try util utilizing blue light glasses as well um, after dinnertime hours. That will also help with that light exposure. But your body is really, really sensitive to light. So think about light exposure and light timing. Um those are the really, really, really big ones for sleep hygiene. You can also try to have a regular bedtime and try to wake up at the same time every day and go to bed at the same time every day. That's going to help your circadian rhythm sync. I know it sounds really, really simple, but you know, you've got that late night out or that early run with friends and all of a sudden you're waking up at a different time every single day. Um, a really important note, 
I guess, is um, if you have a sleep condition or chronically have difficulties falling asleep, you should seek advice from your primary care provider um, and maybe even a sleep specialist. And when they did studies looking at Western European populations, it suggested that approximately um, 31 to 46 percent of the respondents had a difficulty um, with sleep, particularly falling asleep and staying asleep. So you're not alone there, but talking to your medical provider is a good idea. And then kind of finally, the last thing that you can try to do is utilizing a melatonin supplement. While melatonin won't put you to sleep, it can help kind of get your body's you know normal wakefulness um like part of your clock to quiet down a little bit and and help you kind of get rolling on sleep. And generally speaking, if you're a troubled sleeper, you can take two milligrams or so um, 30 minutes before getting into bed. And that will generally help with that ability to fall asleep quickly. Um, but again, always, always, always consult your primary care provider if you're adding any sort of supplement or medication to your routine. So while Sleep is not easy or straightforward at times. It's very, very clear that we need it. We need it for our general health and well-being, and we need it for athletic performance. So I don't know if you're like me. I've got to be careful with it. I've got to make sure that I get to bed at a reasonable hour, that I get up at a reasonable hour, that I'm practicing my good sleep hygiene so that I can have healthy bones and tissues, so that I can have a brain that works, which feels hard at times, but there's a method to the madness and there's definitely a science behind sleep and why we need it. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can reach out to me on Twitter or at my email address. Would love to hear more from you. If you have more questions on sleep, would love to discuss this further and point you in the right direction to some really interesting literature. As always, I'm coach Corinne Malcolm, and I will see you here next time on the train, right? Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on the Train Right Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to visit our website at trainright.com slash podcast, where you can find social links and more for our guests. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave us a rating on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.